You're listening to the Sideline Rush with Jason Gallishaw. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sideline Rush podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gallishaw. You know, the great interviews guests just keep growing and growing from local star athletes to NFL rookies to great influence. And with the recent sports business coaches and broadcasters, I truly hope you listeners are getting great insights on their experience as well as just leaving with a bit of knowledge of what occurs in the sports industry from different perspectives. And speaking of dope insights and great juice being dropped, I am excited because we are joined by an amazing guest today. We have the podcast, Hopeful Thrive After Sports and Athletes Career Transition Coach, Taj Sean. Taj, what's up, man? How's it going? Jason, everything's great, man. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I've been following your work since you and I connected, and uh, I'm a big fan of what you're doing, man. So I'm excited to join that great lineup of guests that you got. Awesome, man. Awesome, and it's exciting for you just to be on here and, and reach back out to me. Taj, I must admit, looking at you and following your work, I've been inspiring and seeing everything you're doing as far as helping athletes after the game, and it's it's almost means a lot more considering all of the obstacles you overcame, and, and you have a a truly unique story, if you will. So let's just jump in a little bit on your background as opposed to where are you now? So I know you was an athlete yourself. So how was that transition from being an athlete to facing in the real world? Oh, man. How much time you got, Jason? I got all day for you, man. I got all day. (laughs) All right. We might mess around and do a three-hour podcast today with this one, man. (laughs) Um, Just for the listeners, I don't put them to sleep with with my whole background, man. That story, that transition into life after sports is uh, a monster or can be a monster, you know, and I know – uh, the majority of athletes go through it. I'm going to say at some point or another, the majority of athletes go through that that withdrawal period. Um, for me, it had a lot to do with not having any idea what I wanted to do. Right. I went to Stony Brook University out on the East Coast. Um, I didn't have a great career there. So I think that contributed to kind of uh, what made my I call it my breakup with football so difficult because once I was done playing, I felt like my career was incomplete. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we, we've all heard the stories or we've heard the, enough talk about transition by now that athletes are so immersed in their sport that once you come out into the real world, it, it's such a challenge to kind of navigate those waters, um, mm-hmm. especially if you have professional aspirations. Now, for me, I didn't have the uh, shining star of a career, <clears throat> excuse me, the shiny star of a career that I envisioned for myself at Stony Brook. Yet, even knowing that I wasn't going to play at the next level, I still struggled. So, you know, here you have a guy like myself. I'm not the guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the league. I knew it was over for me. But I think because I lived in that bubble and the world had kind of come to me on a silver platter because I was always Taj the football star, um, I didn't really do any work to prepare or didn't have any idea of what I wanted to do once I came out. So it's one of those things that I always say where it doesn't get real until it gets real because I found myself back home thinking that this degree I just finished earning with, you know, my blood, sweat and tears for four years. I came back home thinking like, this is my path to be success, you know, to be successful. Honestly, Jason, I thought that by the time I was 25, you know, a couple of years removed from college, I'll just be making six figures, you know, just, right, right. <laughs> just based off the fact that I had a degree and I'm like, I'm good. I'm a made man. Um, so long story short, man, obviously that wasn't the case. I, I just came home and really struggled. Number one, because uh, I didn't have any experience, right. Outside of being a football player that mm-hmm. can only take you so far when you don't have any other tangible skills that can apply to the workplace or, you know, I didn't have any business ideas at the time. And then on top of that, I just, um, I was lost, man, just had no clue what I was doing. So I just kind of was in limbo for a while. So to sum it up, it it was extremely challenging. Yeah, thank you for being honest, sharing your insights. And we're definitely going to get a little bit into how the 
system is designed, if you will, a little disadvantage for athletes. But uh, leading on to question number two, what led you to become and take on that responsibility as a transition coach? Well, it was kind of, it's interesting, man, because once that void of football was in my life, I feel like I had this huge gap in my life. And I was looking for something to fill that gap. And to be completely transparent, when I came home, I was filling that gap with chasing women. I was filling that gap with going out and drinking all the time, right? Um, mm -hmm. The only goals that I had at the time when I came back home was to make enough money to be able to move back out of my folks' houses so I could feel independent again like I did, you know, during my four years in college. So uh, I started out in sales. It's, it's interesting, Jason, because, like, every job that I had, because I kind of have my antennas up, so to speak, of, like, I'm looking for – I don't want to use the word purpose, purpose it's kind of overused, but I was looking for fulfillment, right. right? I was looking for a path that I could be just excited, just as excited about waking up and pursuing every day as I did with football. So anytime I went into a job, you know, you, you could call me a job hopper. You could say I was, I was lost. I had no direction, which is true, but I was always kind of seeking. I never got somewhere into a role and settled and was like, okay, I'm just going to stay here and, and earn my little paycheck and be, and be content with that. I was always seeking for something greater. And even though it was a challenge for me, you know, I, I always had my antennas up, like I said. So I was always kind of looking for what was going to be next. So I started out in sales, um, you know, and sales is a good foundation for anybody because you learn to get out of your shell. You learn how to, you know, th that's how business works. You, you know, you know, just as well as I do. Yeah. Any any anything you do in life has some level of sales. You had to be a salesman in order to, you know, reach out to me and have me jump on your podcast. Mm -hmm. So um started out in sales, but what I realized was I wasn't going to be good in anything in sales if I wasn't passionate about the product because that comes through. So if I don't believe in what I'm trying to sell, I'm not going to have success there. Um, but just to speed up, speed it up a little bit, what I did was I was like, okay, can't be in sales. So what I want to do is I want to get, I want to start working with people. And that led me to working with, uh, in recruiting. You know, I started working at the art Institute with, uh, younger creative students in Hollywood, helping them find jobs. Then eventually I was working in, uh, San Diego County, helping low-income families find jobs and find affordable housing and doing workshops and stuff like that. And I started finding that level of fulfillment, but I realized that I wanted more, right? And at the time I was thinking about, man, I want to start a business. I want to kind of um, figure out what my next move is going to be. And it got to a point where I was like, man, there's a huge gap. I just kind of came out the other side of this transition, so to speak. You know, I'm making good money. I'm from the outside looking in. I kind of made it, but I'm like, man, there's, there's a huge gap there. So, and I'm happy to dive into the business, uh, what I'm actually doing more down the line, but it was just that I just jumped in, man. I just jumped in full speed. I had this idea and I realized that I was someone who could help other former athletes. Cause I had come through the other side and I, I looked at the lack of resources, which I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll get into. Yeah. So I decided to create some resources and jump in and be that person that I needed in my corner when I was going through the transition. Absolutely. And, and speaking of that fulfillment and passion, after watching your videos, I hear and even just talking to you right now, I see that passion that you have for what you do and helping others. And I remember you saying that you were stuck and then that light bulb came on and then you saw that you, you know, saw it was a need for what you want to do. And, and like I said, uh, you took on that initiative to be a transition coach. And I believe that is such a huge need for athletes to establish a plan ahead of time because, you know, this is life, and honestly speaking, anything can happen. I know you always refer back into your videos to your junior season when you blow out your knee, and uh, unfortunately, injuries is a part of the game. It can change the path of players, and we've seen it so many times at the professional levels and collegiate levels, and uh, I know you were able to return the following year, but not everyone can return back from injury. So, given your positions to athletes who may be listening right now, can you 
sort of translate um, how they would handle facing reality and realizing that their college career didn't or may not even go as they originally projected. So, you know, everyone wants to go pro, but what can one do who lost this opportunity? Absolutely, man. That's such a great question. It's so it's so important that we talk about this because not only could it be a career ending injury, but it could be, you know, something like COVID, something that comes mm-hmm. out of left field. And, you know, we got all these seniors whose seasons were canceled. So mm-hmm. the best advice I can give to athletes who are um, why well, can give kind of separate advice to ones who are preparing and want to kind of who are in that stage of transition. But the best thing I can tell you is to spend time reflecting. Now, that sounds simple. But a lot of people have time just sitting down and reflecting and actually thinking about what they want. You know, we live in a world where we're constantly distracted. The TV is always on. We're always listening to something. You know, there's there's a million and one ways to distract yourself. It's even more difficult to, you know, be intentional, sit down, think about what you want and then start actually envisioning that. And it's also important when you're setting out on your new path to really think about what it is that you want, not just for yourself. Like what's most happy, but how can you contribute to others? Because I had to learn the hard way that if you're doing things only for yourself, you know, meaning chasing money or just thinking about what do I want? What do I want? What do I need? Then you're going to burn out. Um, Eventually, you know, chasing money or doing things like that is enough to get you started. But it's not enough to keep you going if you're on this process of, you know, trying to really live a big life, a big fulfilling life. You're going to have to include other people in that and think about how you can contribute to others. So just to sum it up, my, my basic advice to an athlete in transition or starting to think about those next steps is, what is it that you can pursue long term? I have no problem with you trying to get some money right out the gate. Everybody has bills to pay. But like I said earlier, I want you to keep your antennas up and be thinking about what do I actually want long term? What is it that I'm building? What kind of legacy do I want to leave behind, you know, outside of the athletic And, and, and that's why I salute, salute people like you, because another reason why I find career coaches to uh, basically be a blessing is because athletes in college, there are so many uh, pros and cons. And this is at any level whether it's Division One, D2, D3, and so on and so on, by all means, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how it starts. You have where athletes were enrolled in universities and they're told to select an easy major or a random one, if you will, just to not distract them for their sport. And then you wake up early in the morning, all right, in the AMs, you got workouts, practice, maybe study hall, and then walkthroughs, and then the games. And this is for all four years, so – you're not really being coached or transitioned to learn life after outside of that sports in which you have happened, as opposed to someone as a, a average college student who may enter their school, major in this one year, change it to business, to sports managers or whatnot, and gives them a chance to actually know what they want to do after sports and, and utilize that degree. So I say this to say, what steps can help athletes learn something to be more tangible working with your program? Man, you hit the you hit the yeah, nail no, right that's, on the head. No, that's that's fact. Uh, that's how it is. Especially <laughs> now, it's like, all right, I'm just let's let's use Winston because that's where I'm at. Winston Salem, North Carolina. I'm this big local mm-hmm. Winston Salem star in, in high school, and I want to just come. I'm gonna say I just use Wake Forest, all right? So because I'm down the street from them, so I'm going to Wake Forest. So I'm just going to just focus on basketball because I'm trying to get to the NBA or I'm trying to get to the NFL. Like I don't care what major I have, not knowing down the road I may get hurt or you know anything may happen. So it's like, dang you know, what I do now. So just tell us how your program can come in a way and, and help shape that. Got it. So my program, I'm, I specifically focus on working with athletes once they're actually done playing, whether they're still on campus, you know, they, they may have graduated already. Um, but I, I'm primar- primarily focused on working with athletes who are already removed because, uh, but I want to go back for a second to talk about what you said, because I want to give some mm-hmm. advice there too. So the the reason that I work, 
with athletes after they've already graduated. Because like I said, it really doesn't get real until it gets real. So I can go, you know, and there are a lot of people who do great work going to speak to schools and doing workshops. You know, I have I have relationships with those people. I think that work is very important for me where I feel like I can make the most impact is with an athlete who is like at a point where they're like, okay, I'm actually done playing. My career is over. Now I'm focused on what's what's next. And then we can work there. But I want to take a second to get some advice to, you know, athletes who are being put into the basket weaving majors, you know, or they're over there, you know, they have no idea what they want. They're just yeah. kind of going with the flow and being told that here's a sociology degree. Just take this, take these easy classes. And then I, I want you to, the best advice I can give there to these athletes is to play the game. Don't let the game play you. Right. Because I was one of those athletes. I allowed them to change my major. Mm-hmm. I was just happy to be there. You know, I was just happy to be so like I said, I figured any degree would be okay. That's not the case. You know, you want to start being intentional while you're still enrolled in school and you want to make sure that you're spending that time to have that clear cut vision. Now, are you going to want to know exactly what you want to do at 18, 19, 20? Probably not. But what I'm saying is have more agency and have more uh, control and don't allow them to kind of walk you down a path, have more agency over your own path. And if you know a major, if they're trying to put you into a social major and you have no idea what you want to do with that, you know, you want to start talking to people, maybe talk to, uh, people who aren't athletes, talk to other, you know, students or non-athletic guidance counselors and have conversations with them to help you kind of map out your path or choose a a major that's going to be more beneficial to you when you graduate or be like Jason and start a side hustle. You know, that that's going to be, you know, you're not going to have time to really get internship experience. So do something on the side, especially we got these new laws coming into place with athletes being paid for their likeness. Exactly. So, you know, take advantage of that. Reach out to people who are who talk about that. Reach out to Mal, uh, Malcolm Lemons, you know, who can help you with your branding while you're, you know, trying to get paid for your likeness. Reach out to someone like Crystal Beecham, mm. who is, uh, you know, people who can help you start a side hustle while you're in college. Now. um, So. I don't mean to get long-winded on you. No, you good. You good, man. No, <laughs> you, know? you good. Okay. You good. Obviously, I'm passionate about it. You know that. I, I can hear but, it, um, man. I was just gonna say to answer your question about what I'm doing. Um, I to sum it up, the best way I can tell you this is I look at myself as someone who has gone back in time to be the person that I needed as soon as I walked across that stage. Mm. I look at myself as the light at the end of the tunnel to help athletes get to the other side. So what I do is I take a former athlete in transition, and what does in transition mean? Right. This could be. I'm 22. I, I just played my last game. I just finished my final season and I'm still on campus and I haven't even graduated yet. But now I have all this time in my life. It could be someone who just graduated and now they move back home, you know, with the, and they're living with their folks and they're trying to get a job right. and they have no experience. It could be someone, man, I work with someone who's 35 years old. He, he uh, retired from the NFL when he was 28 and has been lost ever since, struggling, working jobs that he hates. So technically, as a 35-year-old man, he's still in transition. He's still an athlete in transition because he hasn't figured out the next thing yet. So that's my focus is working with athletes who are in transition. I help them, number one, deal with the fact that they're having some identity issues. That's the first component. I don't want to be the guy. I'm not the career coach or the transition coach who just comes to you. And when you're struggling and having all these issues and says, you know, all right, let's let's figure out what your next job is going to be. Do you want to start a business? Like there's holistic things that we need to deal with first. Mm-hmm. Are you taking care of yourself? Right. Are you having any issues at home? Are you having any internal issues? You know, are you drinking a little bit too much? Um, are do you have any issues with depression and anxiety? You know, do I need to refer you to someone else to kind of get you some help? So I look at it. And that's the first component to get these former athletes tuned up to a point where they can even function again. So we can even start thinking about the future to help them map it out. Now, once they're at a place where they're, they're good mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, 
then we can start the process of, okay, now what is it that you want to do? Like I said, not just for a paycheck, but let's think long-term, you know, what, how are we going to start building that out? And then after that, once they're clear on the vision, a vision that has them just as excited to get up in the morning and, and, and work like they did when they were playing their sport, once they have the vision locked in, now it's time to start networking, connecting, you know, helping them figure out what it is that they want to do and connecting with as many former athletes as possible so they can have more mentors in their corner besides me. They can have mentors Absolutely. who are actually doing what they already want to do, man. So that's what I'm about. That's what I'm working on. And, and that's what I'm so passionate about uh, helping athletes get to that point. Yeah. And once again, I can even just hear it over through the phone. Like you're, you're right here, passionate. And that, that's a great point they should bring up. That's a huge point actually. And it's vital in the transition to the next question. So, uh, also, I hear you say religiously, your program objective is not about just helping former athletes just get the check, all right? Or not just get a job, just to get <laughs> right. a check. You're connecting them with trainers for self-care, body nutrition, and even yourself, you experience a little depression as an athlete, and not just as an athlete, as a black athlete as that. So let's discuss mm. the importance of athletes being aware of taking care of themselves because once you graduate, you know, you're not Jason, the star quarterback with over 2,000 passing yards. You're not... Jason, that star point guard who get the double-doubles in your division and whatnot. So you're out here in the real world. So once again, let's talk about <laughs> that importance of simply just taking care of yourself as an athlete after the game. Yeah, I think it's huge, man. I think it's overlooked. I think we come from the mindset, you know, a lot of us have been playing our sports since before we hit puberty. Mm -hmm. So we come from the mindset of go, go, go. You know, it's, uh, it's there's not a lot of time to – really reflect or take some time to, I guess, rest or heal. It's always, um, I, I, I equate it to like, a, I have a, a blog that I wrote where I talk about how athletes are like modern day gladiators. Right. And, but as a, as a soldier or a warrior or a gladiator, you feel lost when you have all this drive, all this ambition inside of you to want to do something great. Uh, but you know, you have nowhere to apply it. You have no outlet. So that, that leads to some issues because you got this, all this energy building up inside of you to go do something that was once, you know, used to uh, perfect your craft and your sport. But when you're lost and you don't have that, that's frustrating, man. So right. not only are you, yeah, you're frustrated, I, you're I, back home. And I, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off right now, but it's so, no, it's so frustrating and, and heartbreaking. Cause like I said, man, um, you know, of course you help all athletes, but for this purpose in this seconds, we're going to mainly focus on a black athletes because, you know, I'm a black man myself, and I know I have a couple of peers and whatnot, and we see it all the time. You would enter college and get that good scholarship right, and it's like you're putting all that pressure on your back. It's like, okay, I got to be the man for my family. I'm going to be the one to do this after college. I'm going to go pro, or I'm going to do that and get this um, endorsement ship. And, and like you said, <laughs> be making six figures while I'm 25. But when that don't happen, <laughs> you feel like you kind of failed not yourself but your family, and you got to take on that, like, that barrier, like, man, I let them down. I was going to get us out of this circumstances. I was going to do that. But you got to realize, you know, stuff happens in, in his life. So you got to just, you know, not allow yourself to go into isolations and that deep depressions as we sometimes see it so time and whatnot. And it's okay to have your seasons, but you got to not hold yourself accountable for all those issues. And it just, I just kind of wanted to say that while you were speaking. So I don't mean to throw you off, but I had to share that because that's so important to no, nah, man, you didn't throw me off at all. You brought me right back home. Cool, cool, <laughs> Just cool. Speaking cool. the truth right now. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly it. It's it it's that pressure that you said that, especially for black athletes, that is so heavy because sometimes it might even be subconscious, right? I didn't even realize how much pressure I was putting on myself, and it does have a lot to do with being black, right? My my mom and dad hate it when I when I get on podcasts or talk about me being the first college graduate in my family, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
and we've had discussions about this there they they kind of don't like when i talk about that because they get a little bit embarrassed or they feel like i'm trying to throw them under the bus but i'll say this the pressure for for black athletes is a little bit greater like i said even if it's subconscious because like i grew up in a nice you know i had both parents in the home you know we weren't in poverty by any means you know middle class living like it, it was great and yet still i had that pressure to be like i'm gonna be the one who's gonna change the trajectory of my family's history right i'm gonna be that one so that added pressure of coming back home and being unemployed and not even knowing what I want to do, it's just a snowball effect, you know. And I, I think about teammates that I had, friends that I know who, you know, didn't have that luxury. Like, they go back, they graduated and went back to the hood. You mm. know, they're living with grandma or, you know, single-parent homes or broken homes where there's drugs and there are areas where there's gang violence. Imagine, you know, I can only imagine how they felt when, you know, the NFL dreams or the hoop dreams didn't work out to where now they're back home unemployed. And that leads to all kinds of problems, too, because maybe they're hanging around the wrong crowd. Um, another thing I'll tell you while we're on the topic is that, and I made a video about this and, and a podcast episode called A Message to Black Athletes, because I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. it's crazy, Jason. You know this, man. Like, black people, we need help the most, but we're the least likely to ask for help. Like, we're yeah. dealing with generational yeah. trauma. Right. And we, we're the, the last ones to go get help and seek therapy and seek guidance. You know, all of us, especially black men, we want to be. Head and here's the thing. Sometimes we, we definitely yeah. want to mm-hmm. be that um, that that alpha male, if you will. And here's the thing, man. We're not even afraid to to seek help. That's not what we're afraid of. It's, it's about how we're going to get that response. Like, what are we going to hear? I hear you even say, are you sure we're going to take in that response seriously? It's like, are we going to be looked down on? Because like, oh, man, this is Taj, Deshaun. He's this athlete so he's not afraid or, or you know he's just strictly strong but now he's telling me he's this you get what i'm trying to say in a sense of yeah, like superheroes. yeah yes i agree with that yeah when you take it's like when you try when you come from a lifestyle right and you're known and loved from the lifestyle for being a dominator yes. right that's what athletes are we dominate so when you come from a background of all my life i've been dominating and you know that's what brings me my sense of pride that's what people love and respect me for when you're no longer dominant if anything when you feel like you're uh inferior or weak or you feel like you're struggling and need some help that's a tough pill to swallow and a lot of us like you said earlier go into isolation you know i bro i'm gonna be honest with you man i've done a lot of inner work i've done a lot of you know getting coaching mentors and, and done some therapy myself and to this day i still have some issues with looking weak to this day you know i'm 29 now i'll be 30 next year I'm, i still have issues with not allowing myself to look weak whether it's in my relationship with my girlfriend if i'm going through something a lot of times she has to pull teeth just to get me to talk about what I'm going through. So it's, it's an ongoing process, but leaning into it and asking for help and understanding that getting help from others can only make you stronger mm-hmm. versus making you look weak is, is the right path to go. So, man, we can talk about yeah, this for hey, you know, that's not, that's we can do another, another episode, episode. And you're always welcome back, man. <laughs> seriously, seriously. For sure, man. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Right. But for the sake of the podcast. How do you help athletes break that identity barrier? You know, yes, I played with this NBA team or this NFL team or this D1 school, but who am I? You know, so so what exactly do you help with athletes in this aspect? That's finding that identity. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously with that, it's time sensitive, right? Like I spent years trying to establish a new identity and something that was true to me and something that could fulfill me outside of football. So the number one thing I'll say is that it's important to do the work to try to reestablish that identity as quick as possible. But the second thing is that what I try to do before I'm even like, like I said, before I come to, you know, Jason, the ex, you know, football player, basketball player and say, all right, Jason, we're going to help you establish your new identity and you're going to be just as excited. Like before we get there, we got a slow roll. We got work to do. So one thing that I'm big on, what I like to do when I start working with somebody or even if it's just like a one off conversation, they schedule time on my website and we talk. I try to remind them 
that they're still a role model because that's important. I think we need to hear that. You know, like you feel like a failure because you didn't make it to the league or you didn't, mm-hmm. you know, have the, the college career you wanted or you're unemployed right now. You feel like a failure. So what I try to do is let them know, hey, you're still a role model. You know, your sport was just one way that you set the example. You still have all your little nieces and nephews and cousins and younger siblings who are looking up to you. And I tell them, like, what is like you have you have the opportunity to still do great things. They're going to be playing sports someday. All these all these younger you know, kids in your family, the people looking up to you. And one day they're going to have to transition out and you're going to set the example of what that looks right. like. So that's what I let them know is that you still have an opportunity. It's not like just because you can't, you know, play sports anymore, like you're done. You're just like, you're washed up. I used to say that all the time, bro. Like I'm washed up. I'm a washed up football player. That's a terrible mindset to have and a terrible thing to say to yourself. When the reality is just that one chapter of your life is closed up the next. through your sport. Right. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing about that is like, Let's just take college, for example. You know, let's say you have we're looking at four or five years. Right. That's your window where you are great at that one thing. Like you have the rest of your life ahead of you to figure out what you want to be great at and to execute on that. Like, I mean, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not... No, no, no. You, you even said in your video, um, follow your dreams. That's one of my favorite videos by you. I have a couple, but follow your dreams. Basically, you were saying uh, that mentality you have of going into the game, use it for your workforce. Like, it's other stuff you can preserve in that energy as well, just not just that sport itself. Don't, don't have that mentality like, okay, you know, you're on a bus and you're like, all right, I'm about to get off this game. All right, sports is over. So now I'm about to use my energy to fulfill my career in this game too. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. Exactly. And um, yes, like, given what's going on in the world as far as this pandemic goes, because it's so much. But we're gonna just focus on the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Sports of all levels <laughs> may not even happen, right? So there's so many athletes who may be thinking about transitioning after the game now more than ever, whether that's walking away willingly or just being forced to quit. So it is vital for them to have a plan. So what's your strategies for athletes during this time? Because I'm sure you're being, you know, texted a lot by a lot of athletes. So what's your strategies during this time? Yeah, man, I'm I'm busier than right. ever since COVID started. Just a lot of uh I, I have more clients than I've ever had right now. But um, really, my strategy, man, it comes down. To, it's really simple. I have I do eight weeks. Right. And I'll, I'm always very clear about telling people that I don't do like eight weeks working with somebody and then kick them to the curb. But I, I feel like eight weeks is that sweet spot, that perfect amount of time for us to be able to get some work done, meaning getting, you know, establishing the new identity, dealing with anything that's going on in your life, getting tuned up, figuring out what you want to do and starting to execute. So my strategy, you know, it's it takes time. It takes a lot of time and it takes the other person doing the work. But if I had to sum it up, man, it's really about helping them identify other things. And that sounds simple, but it's a very it's a very tedious process because it requires a lot of athletes to do something that they haven't done. Right. And that's reflect, spend time thinking about what you want. A lot of times when someone comes to me and tell me they want to do X, Y, Z, I'm not going to be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, Jason, the former football player comes to me and says, hey, Tosh, I want to be a coach. I want to be a football coach. You know, it would be easy for me to be like, OK, cool. I'll help you become a football coach. Let's map it out. Let's I'll connect you with some resources, help you get a foot in the door. But I will be doing that person a disservice by not vetting that idea to see if they're doing that just because they want to stay near the game and they don't know anything else. Or, you know, maybe that's what they really want to do and they're destined to be a coach. But my strategy, what it basically boils down to is helping them lock in on what they really want to do for the right reasons. And I will challenge them and push them on that to see if that's really what they want. And I'll challenge them to think long term, not just because, hey, this is going to pay mm-hmm. me some good money or this is going to look cool on my business card or, you know, stuff like that. Or I want to get into sales because someone told me that I'm competitive and I can make money. Right. Well, it's like, OK, what do you what do you actually want to sell? What kind of products? What industry? 
what does the life of a salesman look like? Do you want to be an indoor salesman? You know, on the phone all day? Do you want to be out and about meeting with clients? Like, what do you want to do? You have to think about what your life actually looks like. So I just push them and it gets uncomfortable a lot of times because most, most athletes haven't spent that time thinking about what they want. Most athletes haven't been, even been asked the question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, the only time they get that question is if they're in a job interview and they have to try to play the game and tell the interviewer what they want to hear so they can get that right. check. Right. Not, not like me just asking somebody, where do you actually want to be in five mm-hmm. years? You'd be surprised or you probably wouldn't be surprised. But how many people are stumped by that question and have no clue? So that's my strategy is actually getting them to think about what that looks like so we can reverse engineer it and doing it for all the right reasons. So I don't know if that answers you. That's what I'm doing. No, 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 dude. You definitely answered the question. And speaking of some of those challengers, I was watching one of your videos and the question was, what challenges have you faced from coaching women versus men? And I have a, challenge, oh, a question. For, no, I have a question, <laughs> uh, a question for you. So what challenges do you have within a different age gap? Like you just said, you have a 35-year-old vet who's out the game. And I'm mm-hmm. young, 22, fresh out of college. So is it like a harder teaching someone who's young and a bit stubborn or easier as someone that's older? So what challenges have you personally faced? Not, you know, throwing anyone under the bus, but just as a <laughs> general answer, like, what do you see in a mature label stance? Right, just from age. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Man, first of all, Jason, that's a great, a great question. You're doing a great job, by the way, man. You're great at your craft. You know, <laughs> I can tell you put work into this, bro. Um <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you, Jason. Age is not necessarily a factor. Um, I will say that. Okay, I can use this example. The longer someone has been in transition, right, the more frustrated they are. (laughs) That's the only thing I can say. I'll answer it like that. Because if I take a 22, a 23-year-old, and they just walked across the stage and they're lost, you know, they haven't really been beaten up by life yet because chances are they're in their first job and they're like, okay, this is not it. I need some help. They, mm-hmm. they discover me somehow or get referred to me and we start working together. They're in a place where it's like, yeah, I'm lost right now. I just graduated or I'm in this first job and this is not it. Versus we start getting up there in age. You know, we take a, let's just say a 26, 27, 28, 29 year old workforce for five plus years. And they're mm-hmm. fed up, man. They're fed up. A lot of the, a lot of those people in that age range are just frustrated because that's where I was. Truth be told, I didn't start thriving after sports until I was 27. That was that was uh, just uh, almost three years ago. I was 26, going on 27. So we'll say three years. Like I was 26, so I had already been out into the workforce and you know, kind of taking my lumps a little bit. <laughs> so as far as age, that's the only thing I said. As far as coaching, it's kind of a case by case basis. You know. Gotcha. So, as I mentioned, you're our podcast host. So, what is the Thrive on Sports podcast for listeners who may not know? Yeah, man. Thrive After Sports is is basically, um, I do, so all the videos that you see, you, you watch my videos on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. What I do is I just take the audio from those videos and post them as uh, podcast episodes. Like, anytime I do a video, I'm thinking of it as, like, this is also a podcast. Gotcha. So, what it is is, I'll tell you what it is right now, what it's going to be. What the Thrive After Sports podcast right now is me giving advice, right? Like stuff, I don't hold anything back. It's not like, oh, I'm going to only put this stuff on the podcast, but you got you to gotta pay if you want to get more. You know, like I put all the information out there. I'm doing as much coaching as possible, things that I think would help people and put that out there on the podcast. Um, and then what I also do is interview clients who have gone through my program because I can talk about, you know, transition and what you need to do. And what my experience was like, I can talk about that till I'm blue in the face. But I think it's good for someone who has just, you know, 
quote unquote, gone through the other side of the transition, someone who I've worked with and, you know, they're starting their business or they're um, in this in this career that they love and they, they're kind of, you know, they're they've healed. They've got through the transition. I think it's important for listeners and other student athletes or former athletes who are in transition to hear that from them, because, you know, you need a break from me. You want to hear someone like I graduated almost seven years ago at this point. Mm-hmm, so you want to hear. Exactly. So you want to hear from someone who has like just come out the other side. Right. So my podcast is me giving information giving free game, things that I wish I would have known about when I was going through transition and interviewing people who I've worked with so they can share their stories. Um, and then also I post other episodes of like, you know, I love to post this episode on my podcast so that w- that way people can listen, you know, to your podcast, but they're listening on my podcast and then they'll go check you out. So if I you're listening it. on my podcast on LinkedIn, check him out. Listen, go look this man up. He's doing great work. <laughs> but uh, that's what my podcast is about, man. Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I can't reach everybody. I can only work with so many people one-on-one. So I'm trying to find a way where I can put out information and people can get helped without me ever having a conversation with them. You know, definitely. And I want to say right now, like your podcast is just raw and real. You be waking up four in the morning, just like, hey, I got to <laughs> get this out. I'm jogging, but let me go back home and stop. No shower or that. I got to give you guys this. And uh, like I said, Taj, last week when I reached out to you, I enjoy listening and just learning from your podcast as well as your YouTube videos. And I have two episodes that really hit me. And uh, ironically, it has nothing to do about sports. So you got <laughs> stop watching BS and what happened to your dreams. So and stop watching BS, you emphasize how the mind is the strongest muscle in the body and how things that we allow, you know, our mind sort of dictate from what's going to, how can I say this? How the things that we allow in our minds sort of dictate a sense of who we are. So instead of watching negative stuff, let's preserve our energy in positive stuff that we're going to make us a better person and reach our goals. So I think that was dope. And that brought me, man, I got to stop wasting my time doing this and just, I need to, you know, stop watching BS. And whatnot, <laughs> and, and what happened to your dreams? So now, like I just said, I'm 22 years old, 22 young, and whatnot. But in this episode, you sort of use an analogy of sports. Like I said in the beginning, use that mentality in the workforce as you had when you was on the court. So now I'm no athlete, but like yourself, I'm the first person in my family to go to college. All right, so mm-hmm. I kind of inspired of just being better for them and, and me and my family in a sense of vision. So. um Basically, I said to say, if, you know, your transition coach career doesn't work out, man, you're damn sure one hell of a uh, motivation influence. So I definitely wanted to say that there, man. But um, Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you tuning in to the podcast, and I'm glad you, you took something away from it that's actually helped you. That's That means everything. That's why I do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So uh, is there any other advice you'd like to share for listeners out there? Man, the best advice I can give you, whether you're a former athlete or not, is is really just to be intentional. You know, I sound like a broken record at this point, but that's one of the best things you can do in life. I I think a, a lot of people or too many people go through life not being intentional and we mm. just end up places rather than choosing them. And that's what I'm about is about is about not just taking what you're given or just allowing you just kind of flowing with the stream, because if you're flowing with the stream, you're lost. If you're not clear, you're lost. You know what I mean? So I'm all about I'm all about that and they're unhappy with their situations and they don't do anything to change them. So if you're listening to this, whether you're a former athlete or not, if there's anything in your life, it could be the smallest thing. It could be like, I need to lose 10 pounds or I don't Mm. think this relationship with my girlfriend or my boyfriend is working out. You know, I need to, I'm not saying break up with them, but look for, I think it's important to constantly be looking for ways to up-level yourself so that 
you can, not for other people, not for money, but that, so you can live a happy and fulfilling life. And there's always something to be done. It kind of goes back to my video about stop watching BS, right? Like, if you're miserable with your life, why are you coming home and flicking on the news and taking in information? Like, people think I'm rude when, you know, the protests are on and someone's watching the news and I walk out the room. Like, I understand what's going on. I don't need to absorb that energy right now or hear a news reporter tell me what's going on. I know what's going on. I have things that I'm working on to make my contribution to the world. News right now. I don't want to watch reality shows. There's, there's things to do. So, you know, I'll get off my soapbox now, man. But that's all I want to say to everybody out there listening. <laughs> all right. No, no, that's, that's definitely and good to hear. So, um, all right. There you have it. That's the ties to Sean, athlete's career coach transition. Thanks for hopping into the podcast, man. I really appreciate you. And please continue to grind and, and making great podcasts and great videos and just being access into many athletes' lives and, uh, and just people just like myself. So it was awesome having you on the show, man. Hey, Jason, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you. And I, I respect what you're doing, man, like I said at the beginning. So keep doing your thing. I'm excited to watch your journey unfold. And, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to support in any way I can with your mission, man. You're on the right track for sure. Awesome. Oh, also leave your social media handles. How can people reach you, man? We want to get in contact to you. They want to watch some videos I'm talking about. So <laughs> drop all that right now. Yeah, man. Just go ahead and uh, hit my website, TajDeshaun.com. All my social media is, you know, right at the top of the page. So uh, Taj Deshaun on Instagram, Taj Deshaun on LinkedIn. Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, Jason, mm -hmm. Jason and I collect this podcast is happening because of LinkedIn. Right. So if you're someone, especially a former athlete who's not utilizing LinkedIn right now, I'm telling you, you're missing the boat. It's the equivalent of if there's a huge networking event down the street where you could possibly get a job or start a business or find a mentor, and you just decide, nah, I'm going to just chill on Instagram. I'm not going to go down the street to this networking event. You're slipping. I'll let you know right now. So <laughs> go ahead and uh, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, what else? Yeah, my website, like I said, um, definitely just just everything Everything is on there. My podcast is on there. My podcast is available on all platforms. It's Thrive After Sports. It's available on all platforms, just like Jason's is. Um, on my website, if you're someone who needs help, this is whether you're a former athlete or not, because, you know, I'm probably going to be doing some work with Jason and giving Jason some advice. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's not an athlete in transition. He's just he's just a cool dude who, you know, we get along well and we can get some work done together. But I say that to say on my website, under contact or get coaching or schedule or book a call or something, you can speak with me. It's 100% free. I'm not going to try to sell you a program. We get on there and I can help you figure out, you know, sometimes people schedule one call with me, man. I'm able to help them that way. So, um, but yeah, reach out. I'm a resource to you. Check out my YouTube channel, Taj Deshaun on YouTube. Um, all the videos that are on my YouTube channel are also podcast episodes on Thrive After Sports. So, um, yeah, man, that's where you can find me. All right. There you guys have it. Make sure you guys check out Taj's website. Keep him posting and follow him. And uh, this is not the last time you guys want to hear Taj, man. I got a feeling I'm going to bring him back on a few times. So, uh Todd, I'm going to let you know right now. We're going to be in contact, man, for sure. For sure, man. I'll jump on once a week if you want me to, man. You got it. <laughs> Just hit me. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on, though, man. All right. It's been great talking to you. All right, you as well. Have a good one, man. All right, man. You too. The Sideline Rush is a weekly podcast where we dive straight into the latest sports topics. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you will be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening. Until next time.